0: 13 years. The church is 171 years old, and I'm the longest pastor at 13 years. And uh, God's just doing great things out there in the sticks. And uh, I, I tell you, I would love to bring them here to see what's going on around here. And, but I'd like to take you all to South Arkansas and see what's going on around there. Uh, God has been very good to us. But I am. I'm so thankful, Brother Hunt. I'm so thankful for you. You've been so kind. I've been doing the music and uh, the, the 12 o'clock services. You've been so kind to me and uh, just appreciate everybody and, and all that you've done. My brother, all y'all, uh, he introduced you my brother with. My sister, his wife, is here tonight, recently. You met my brother, Roger, the other night. I'm the last of seven children: Roger, Randy, Robin, Rhonda, Risa, Richie,
1: Ronald.
0: Yeah, yeah. It took my mom and dad seven times to get it right. (laughs) Always, always save the best for last. By the way, for the first front two rows, I'm up here. Can't see me. I'm up here. (laughs) You'll get that brother Charles and laugh in a minute. I better get to, to what he asked me to come do. I, 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 when he called up a few weeks ago and asked me to preach, I, I, I had a sermon in mind already, a sermon I've been preaching a lot that I love. Matter of fact, I preached at uh, Brother Jim's conference a few years ago, and I'm, I'm sure Brother Hunt and Brother Mark had heard it then. But, uh, Jimmy loved it. And it was a great message, not because I preached it, but because it's a great word. and Matter of fact, he loved it so much he asked me for the outline. I'm not lying am I? and I said it to him. And, but I figured God probably already heard it. Oh. <laughs> or, or maybe you read it in Spurgeon's book of sermons. But God put on my heart the other day, just a couple, two, many days ago, this message. I can't believe He did. I'm scared to preach this. I. I wouldn't think this would fit the first message on the last night of a Bible conference, but I'm trying to be obedient to the Lord, and so this is what I'm going to preach. I want you to turn to Revelation 20, and I'll get to there in just a minute. You can join me. I'm going to read a couple of other texts before I get there. But I want you to uh, wait there. I'll read the others, and then we'll read our text in Revelation 20 a minute. Hey, you know, you, by the way, the best illustration of this was today, Mark Umble preaching this about the man who had his demonic son and brought him to Jesus. And, and the torture the man must have gone through. This boy had been demon-possessed all his life. The despair he must have been in. The angst and anxiety and finally hearing that there's a man that can deliver his son. How many of you that have children have ever understood the panic that you get when you're in a crowd and you lose sight of your children? It's the most horrible feeling in the world, isn't it? Panic rips your heart. And you're there in front of a lot of people. But you don't give a rip what they think then. I mean, you dress well to get out in public and you want to be thought to be you know, sane in public, but then when that happens, you don't care what people think about you. I lost my little daughter one time uh, in, at uh, uh, Silver Dollar City. It was in the play area. And I just turned my back for a second, turned around, and I couldn't find her. And, and I panicked. I, I mean, it just comes up from your feet and up into your neck. Gone. I'm telling you, panic, that panic, that, that, uh, I'm trying to find another word. Y'all make up your own words, okay? But I was just scared to death. I'd lost my son, and I looked way down, finally, we looked there, when, and I looked way down the driveway, and he was down there, and I watched him, and there's a little ditch there, and he, could, he was fixing to jump in it, and it was full of water. I didn't know how deep it was, and I was screaming, and I screamed, Adrian, Adrian, stop! And I ran down. To and he chucked in that water and it just went a little bit over his uh, waist. And I, well we went back up the driveway, that's all I said. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the morning. I put him with his mama and I went and got my easy chair and I didn't get out for the rest of the day. How I many of you know, have you ever felt that way? When your family's in danger, you don't care. I remember sitting the pastor, First Baptist Church of Warren. I hadn't seen him in many years. I used to live there. And I was watching until there was a plane that... survived the crash. Brother Stanley is a very, he was a very uh, regal man, a very dignified man, but when I saw him on that TV show, he was not dignified at all. He didn't care what people thought. When I was seven or eight years old, I slipped into a ditch playing in some flood water and got sucked into a drainage and I grabbed some bricks and I began to scream to the top of my lungs. I was just a little six-year-old kid or so and I remember looking over my shoulders just screaming, see if anybody heard me and a lady came out in her yard, she came out and her hands were just like this, just like this and she was screaming to the top of her lungs and her husband, half naked came flying out of his house and ran down there with just his breeches on and my brother-in-law ran to my house, which was several houses down and they grabbed my shoulders before I went under, I could feel my my shoes coming off, I could feel my socks coming off, I could feel my Pants starting to go down and they grabbed me and pulled me out to save my life I still have nightmares from that But I'll never forget the panic on that woman's face I wonder why people don't panic like that about and have that same panic about their loved ones that are going to hell Not eternal time out. Fire and brimstone. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you really think we believe in hell? The hell the Bible describes? Do we really? Let me ask you, when's the last time you told someone about Jesus? Oh, weeks, months. Then you don't believe in hell. Maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life uh, lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, plug it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. I want to read to you Luke 16, just a small portion of the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Apparently, Lazarus was a man of God, yet he was poor and a beggar. But the rich man was ungodly, and the Bible says, and was was not a believer, and the Bible says the rich man also died. Which, by the way, your loved ones will too. Your neighbor will too. You! He cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me! And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." That's not symbolic language, by the way. Right. Right. Revelation chapter twenty, the last judgment. Read with me, verse eleven, verse twelve. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books. Were Now just real quickly, these are the books. This is the only standard of righteousness there is right here. The books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books, plural. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and hell in them, and they were judged each one according to works, not to see whether they are going to heaven or hell, but to see how hot hell was going to be for them. Going to hell was already decided when they decided against Jesus. Then death, verse 14, and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. W.A. Crystal said, Where there is hell in the pulpit, there will be no hell in the home and nation. But where there is no hell in the pulpit, there will be hell in the home and the nation. And I agree with him. We're afraid to offend. But we ought to be more scared that our loved ones are fixing to drop into an eternal abyss from which they will never get out. If they were fiction to run off a cliff in a car, you would scream and you would holler and you would do everything you can to throw yourself in front of that car to get them to stop, to save their lives. I heard uh, the, the, the man, Freddie Gage, came to our city many years ago. I was a teenager, Thomas, my pastor. And he talked about uh, people said, you're too pushy, you're too pushy. He said, where am I going to push them? Hell number two? We're going to hell. Hell as a place of punishment translates to Henna. the Greek form of the Hebrew phrase that means the Vale of Hinnom. It is a real valley, west and south of Jerusalem. In this valley, the Canaanites worshipped Baal, the god, and the god Molech by sacrificing their children in a fire that burned continuously. Even Ahaz and Manasseh, kings of Judah, were guilty of this terrible idolatrous practice. In the time of Jesus, the Valley of Hinnom was used as the garbage dump of in Jerusalem. Into it were thrown all the filth and garbage of the city, including the dead bodies of animals and executed criminals. To consume all of this, fires burned constantly. Maggots worked in the filth. When the wind blew from the direct that direction over the city, its awfulness was quite evident. At night, loud dogs howled. As they fought over the garbage, and Jesus used this awful scene as a symbol of hell. Stay with me now. In effect, he said, "You want to know what hell is like? Look at Gehenna." So hell may be described as God's cosmic garbage dump. All that is unfit for heaven will be thrown into it. The word Gehenna occurs twelve times in the New Testament, which translates hell. Each time it's translated as hell in the King James Version and other versions, Apart from James 3.6, it is used exclusively by Jesus himself. In several verses he uses the word with the word fire, as in hell fire. So the word hell, Gehenna, as a place of punishment is used in the New Testament by him who is the essence of infinite love. Warren Wearsby has said... Because of the symbolic nature of the language, some people question whether hell consists of actual fire. Now, listen. Such reasoning should bring no comfort to the lost. The reality is always greater than a symbol. The Bible exhausts human language in describing heaven and hell. The former is more glorious than we can imagine, and the latter language can express. Oh, that's symbolic, Lord God. I hope not. I hope these are not symbols. If this is the symbol, what was the reality, really? I remember a video of a woman at a zoo who was at the polar bear exhibit, and there were signs on the pages and signs and icons, uh, icon symbols, if you would. That said, Do, don't get close to the cage, don't feed the bears. And on the sign, of course, was a little fuzzy bear and someone feeding him with an X, with a circle, with a line through it, of course. But she ignored the symbol. And she did get close to the cage. And the beautiful monster reached its head outside of the bars and grabbed the woman's leg. I remember watching this and began to try and pull the woman through. And I remember as the animal would move forward and with enormous force slam the lady back into the cage and into the bars, tearing her flesh and breaking bones until she was rescued by the zoo zoo workers. She ignored the symbol but experienced the reality. The place of hell, number one, I'm finally to my message. You think I'll get done in time? The place of eternal torments. It's a place of eternal torments. Luke 16 23, I'm tormented in this place. Being hell, he lifted up his eye. being in torments, it says. Revelation 14 11, and the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they had no rest. day or night. It's a place of eternal worms said it three times. They remarked, where their worm dies not, where their worm died not, where their worm died not. Now, I don't believe these are symbolic. I believe there's real fire in hell. I believe there's real worms in hell until I see it differently. That's what I'm going to preach because that's what the Bible says. But this word, some people say, well, that's the worm of remembrance, okay? The word is which means maggot. Not an earthworm, not a fuzzy caterpillar, not an inchworm, a maggot, a larvae that chews and feasts on dead things. This is the icon. What must the reality be? It's a place of eternal fire. Mark 9, 44, 46, 48. Where not not. We're the fire is not quenched. Where the fire is not quenched. Where the fire is never quenched. Revelation 20, 15. And whoever was not found written in the book of life
1: was cast into.
0: Hell. Revelation 21:8 says this: But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I had a boy when I in Street. I was a teenager. And Dewey and Crowley was my Sunday school teacher, and he let me do the talking at this door. We knocked on the door and the door opened. It was a young man, he was standing there, and you could tell he was probably either high or just got up from a nap, and he said, What do you want? And I said, Well I said, if you die today, you know you go to heaven. I'm short. And I'm invited the church. He said, he said I'd go to hell. I said, you go to hell, really? He said, yeah. He said, I want to go to hell. And He laughed at us. I said, sir, you don't want to go to hell. He said, oh yeah, I want to go to hell. That's where all my friends are. And I just, I just got a little holy gumption in me. It just, it just scared me. It made me mad. And I kind of reared back and with a little force, and I'm like, I'm hollering at y'all, <laughs> hey, we had shout in my church Sunday. I was the only one doing it, but we had it. There's going to be a lot of preachers in hell. There's going to be a lot of deacons in hell. There's going to be a lot of church members in hell. Some of you trying to use Jesus as just just for a fire escape to get you out. I mean, you don't care nothing about your sin or righteousness. And, and someone said you want to go to hell. You said, no, I don't to go to hell. Save the Spirit. And you said it. That's not salvation. Salvation is when you broke broken over your sin and you know that you deserve hell, but you cry out for mercy and God saves you. Somebody trying to use Jesus as a party pass to get you into heaven. unbelief. So my friend tonight, if you go to hell, make no mistake about it. You chose to go there. You're hearing the gospel, and I'm going to tell you how to get saved. I'm going to tell you how to escape hell and get into heaven, and it'll be up to you. And if you live this place, are rejecting the message of these preachers tonight, and you go to hell, you'll go to hell because of your own choices. The punishment of hell. First of all, the reason for the punishment of hell. Because that's what hell is. It's a place of punishment. Hebrews 10, 28, 29 says, He that despises Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought of worth, he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath pounded the blood of the covenant wherewith, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Listen, to go to hell, you have to have the blood of Jesus on your feet. Yeah. To go to hell, you have to jump over the church and a loving soul winner and the crucified body of Christ. My son pushed you out of the way of a coming car and he himself was hit in your place. Has never had a moment of separation from his son in eternity. A perfect relationship, never fussed, never disagreed, always has loved perfectly. He gave him for you. And if you say no to Jesus after that price, don't tell me that's too high of a price. The reward of sin, that's what hell is. The reward, please, I'm almost finished. Stay with me. Hell is the second. A separation because that's all physical death is. You know, that's why we grieve because we can't hug our loved ones. We can't kiss them. We can't fellowship with them anymore. <clears throat> that's why you ought to pass out the roses while they can smell them. Death means a separation. Spiritual death is a separation too. Eternally separated from God, good, grace, and glory. Forever! The second death is eternal separation from God I know it's cliche, but it's good. If you are born, one, if you are, if you if you're born once, you will die twice. But if you will be born twice, you only die once. <laughs> People ask, ask me all the time. I have questions and answers, you know. And you try to get spiritual. I ask something. You know, some deep thoughts. Or, Did Adam have a navel? <laughs>
1: Well, i got to
0: finish this sermon. That was funny. That was funny. Where did Cain get his wife? At the getting store. That's one of my hallways. Will there be animals in heaven? Will there be? Smoke? Will there be four wheeling in heaven? Will we get to eat meat in heaven? What's going to be heaven? Uh, will there be? What will be in heaven? I'll tell you one thing: your lost loved ones will not be in heaven. Your lost children will not be in heaven. Your lost parents will not be in heaven. Your cousins without Christ will not be in heaven. Your neighbor without Jesus will not be in heaven. hell. So I want to ask again, do you really believe in hell? Do you ever think of your lost loved ones and get that panic that starts in your feet? And I hear all the time people say, well, I am a to push my family. Heard, Listen, my friend, I, I just, I couldn't hold back. I tell people all the time, I tell them, I'm, both my kids, I've got a son in Midwestern Seminary fixing to graduate with a master. Much smarter than his daddy. He's the one I'll be preaching here tonight. I have a daughter who's at home. She goes to SAU there at uh, Magnolia. She's serving Jesus. She does our youth. She plays a guitar in our, and leads our youth band. And I tell you what, I feel like as a dad, my, my, my job is over. They're both saved and they love Jesus. But i said this to my wife and I've said this to people who have lost children that don't seem to really be shedding tears about them. I said, let me tell you, if my child were lost, if I knew my kids were not saved, I would tell God, I'm quitting eating. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to start water and tea. Don't I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm going to fast. And I'm, God, you'll have to kill me if you don't save my children.
1: Today,
0: if you're not a soul winner, and I'm preaching this to the man in the pulpit as well as the ones in the backs of the pews, we need what's the, what's the theme? Theme focus. Maybe we need to focus on hell. But today, if you're here and you said, Brother to hell, that kind of scares me. Good. 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 But I've got good news for you. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. That's not in the verse, but he would have added, and I don't think he thinks this is injustice, saved from hell. Tim Lee, uh, evangelist Tim Lee said that when I got saved, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. And someone said, that's not a good reason to get saved. And he said, but it's not a bad reason <laughs> Really, it's not not a good reason? Then why did Jesus say, flee from the wrath to come? Today, my friend, if you don't know Jesus, don't you trust your soul with these roads? You come to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I cannot believe that you've allowed me to come and preach to this great church. What a privilege and honor to be here. Bless this church. Oh God, I pray that they continue with the joy they have and the worship they have. And Lord God Almighty, help them to have a vision of hell that will make them get out of their pieces And get off their Facebook. And get off their television sets and go and tell people about a God that saves from hell. In Jesus' name.